0: Today, I want to talk to you about what you do when you discover that God's plan for your life is different from yours. What to do when direction in life takes on a sudden detour that you have not planned on. What you do when your expectations hit the wall. What you do when your strategic thinking, and I am not making light of that. But when your strategic thinking does not lead you into the desired direction. Now, I mean for reasons totally out of your control. You found that your mountain of hope has become the valley of despair. Or your dream became a nightmare. Or your plan that you worked on for a long time falls apart. But you know what? (laughs) in a variety of ways and in, to certain degrees and, and to different areas of life. We have experienced that before. The problem is we forget. We do. We really forget. There are at least three major events in my life, if not four, where I have seen my entire plans for my life fall apart, where I've seen my dreams have been shattered, not just halfway, but completely. And yet, now as I look back, I look back at those milestones, at those times in my life when all of my plans completely fell apart. When I did not have anything to point it to. And I give God praise and thanksgiving. In fact, those things and those times when my plans have fallen apart, my dreams were shattered, are the very times, the very things that cause and and fuel my praise lifestyle. And I thank God every day for those three major events in my life. There are many other little ones, but three major events in my life that they have fallen apart, that God took from me my plan, and He gave me His. For I can testify to you, and I am so grateful to him that I have lived long enough so I can testify to him. And I can testify that his plans have always been greater than mine. That his vision for me is far greater than my vision for myself. That his purpose for me is far superior than the purpose that I have chosen for my own life. I want you to take heart if you are in that situation today. Because you're not alone on being baffled at the times when God changes your plans and changes your direction. Because here's the good news. Whenever God pulls away at your plan, whenever God pries open your hand that's holding tight on what you want, He is actually replacing them with the superior plans. And one day, because you can't see them at the time, and uh, while you cannot see it at the time, just pray that God will give you long enough time to be able to look back and see how His hand are far superior than yours. Now I want you to turn with me to the book of Acts. I'm going to show you an example from the Scripture. Back, Book of Acts, chapter 16. Because here you're going to find the Apostle Paul is in one of those situations where he sees His plan is being replaced by God's plan. Paul had just begun his second missionary journey. As you know, he made three missionary journeys. This is the beginning of his second one. And he was taking Timothy with him, training him for the work of the ministry. And Paul discovers, after he went to some Asian cities, he was ready to go to Bithynia. And God said, no. (laughs) Now, I am personally convinced (laughs) Paul probably said to himself, wait a minute, Lord, I prayed about this. (laughs) Lord, I know this is the way to go. Uh, Lord, uh, I made all the arrangements. We we took care of all the details. We have done all of our strategic planning. We have done all of our thinking. We have done all of our plans. And we know our heart is now set on us going to Bethania with the team because there we're going to have a great time. People are anticipating us. The plans are in place. Lord, I need to go to Bithynia. That's the plan we planned. But God said, no. Have you ever heard God say no to you? (laughs) Yeah, many times, right? Lord, I want it. And God says, no. Well, you don't hear his voice. But God keeps closing doors. And he said, God, why? I thought this is the way we're supposed to go. And God shuts the door. He says, I am closing the door to Bithynia because I want you to go to Troas. Now, we are not told exactly why the Spirit of Jesus said no to Bethania but yes to Troas, when Paul had no plans of going to Troas. And while in reality we cannot speculate, but as we look back at 2,000 years of history, I'm going to show you <laughs> the bigger picture of God in mind. But my beloved friends, I want you to hear me right on this one. God does not always make sense to us. He really doesn't. <laughs> I already told you, two, three, three or four major events in my life when God absolutely did not make sense, when His plan did not make sense to me. But He made perfect sense to Himself. And the way I'm learning now in my old age that the best way to honor God is to say, Lord, what is taking place in my life is baffling to me. Lord, what is taking place in my life is not what I really have chosen for myself. Lord, what is taking place in my life is painful to me, and God doesn't get upset about that. (laughs) Lord, what is taking place in my life is confusing to me. Oh, but Lord, I know. I know that You are working all things, all things to my good and Your glory. But here's part of the problem. Here's part of the problem. For us here in the Western culture, in America particularly, part of the problem is that we really are (laughs) short-sighted. And we're really short-sighted. I mean, look at the average business. They do quarterly plans, right? I mean, they have quarterly reports. I mean, everybody will be hanging around the financial news to find out what the quarter did. Well, we just think in terms of quarters. Or even annual. (laughs) But that's short-sightedness. God does not operate on a quarterly basis. God does not operate on an annual basis. I know our businesses do. God does not produce a quarterly report or an annual report. God operates on the basis of the long haul. And I said I can testify to you that every time I became disappointed with God, every time that I became disappointed with God's direction in my life, every time that I became disappointed in God's plan for me, every time that I became angry with God, that I could not get it my own way, I could not get my plan, I look back and realize how foolish it is. As I look back, I find myself thanking God every single day that He did not allow me to have my plan. You see, in the long run, his plan is far superior. In the long run, his plan is far better. In the long run, he, he, as we say, in hindsight, <laughs> I am so grateful that he blocked my plans and stopped me from going the way I want to go because his is much better. Bethania and Troas are not anywhere near each other. They're not just next door. They were far apart culturally. They were far apart linguistically. They were far apart in every other way. And Paul said, Lord, I made plans to go to Bithynia, and God said, no, you're not going to do that. (laughs) It's Troas, Paul. I'm convinced that he and the team were perplexed. They really, I have no doubt they were anxious because this is new territory for them. They've never been there before. This is something new for them. I have no doubt that they were apprehensive. I have no doubt that they were asking God, why is this God? Why are you doing this? Why trawash when Bithynia just looks so good? (laughs) Have you ever been in a situation where you have been so perplexed at God's direction in your life? Have you looked back at this past year and you said to yourself, Lord, that's not where I plan to be by now. I thought by this time in my life, Lord, I'll be here, not there. (laughs) Oh, but listen, it was only when Paul actually got to Troas was he even beginning to understand what God was doing and why God, the Spirit of Jesus, stopped them from going here and asked them to go there. Verse 9, during the night, that's in Troas. Now, they already traveled for days. And they got there. And when they got there, during the night in Troas, not in Bithynia, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. You see, sometimes God works by closing a door. Other times He works by opening a door. Other times... He just lets you sweat it out <laughs> and wait. Sometimes he works by placing a dead block in front of you that you don't understand. Why? It was only the shortest point. Why, Lord, are you taking me the scenic route? <laughs> Have you been in the scenic route? Now, I'll tell you what, something. Guys, you will understand this. I know you will understand this. At least most of you will. Have you ever driven with your wife somewhere... <laughs> And you are so anxious to get to your destination. And then your wife says, let's go the scenic route. Scenic route? <laughs> look out for cops. <laughs> I want to get there. That's how we guys think. I mean, we look, we want, we want to get to our destination. Forget about the scenic route. But that's how God works sometimes. He says, I want to take you through the scenic route. Because only through that scenic route you're going to discover some things that you will never be able to discover in your life unless you get there. I know, Paul, you plan to go to Bithynia, but I'm taking you to Troas. And I don't know what your Bithynia is. See, your Bithynia and your Bithynia and, your Bithynia and mine are very different. Your plan and your plan is different from mine. We all have different plans. And that's your Bithynia. But God's plan for you always to take you to Troas, his Troas, whatever that is for you. Look again at Acts 16. Paul was focusing on Asia; he's going to this Asian city, this Asian city. But God was thinking of Europe, and this is the gateway to Europe. Remember again, God is seeing all of history as if it happened in front of Him, not just the next quarter. Not just the next year. He's seeing all of history in front of him. And God is concerned about your eternity. Not just today or tomorrow, but he is concerned about that too. God is concerned about all of the span of your life. Not just a year or two. And God keeps all of that in his mind. And that is part of God's plan for the life of the believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. He is seeing the beginning from the end, and he knows exactly how it's going to work out. And while this roadblock that God has placed in Paul's way was baffling to him, and yet it was one of the most important events in history. I'm going to explain that to you. Paul did not know at that time that God has a bigger vision. He's thinking in terms of thousands of years, hundreds of years, not just a few years. What do I mean by that? You see, God knew that Asia Minor, which is now modern-day Turkey, was going to fall in the hand of the, of the Muslims. There's going to be Islamic land. But God's plan was for Europe for a period of time to become the center of Christianity, so that Christianity would not die with the rise of Islam that his message and the preaching of the gospel would not come to an end. You see, God's plan continued to unfold. And we saw how Europe became the center of Christianity. And when that went to pots in the 1800s and the 1900s, God already had planned 200 years earlier by a group of godly Europeans to come on a boat in a place called Plymouth Rock. In order that America become the center of the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ for how long it's going to be, I don't know. But at least that's how God was planning things, in His big plan. And as you come under His authority, as as you come under His plan, and as you... Obey His will. He's going to use you. you say, well, you're know, little old me. What am I in terms of world history? It is not little old old you. It is you, the child of the living God. You are a daughter. You are a son of the living God. And He has a plan for your life. And it is far more important than you can imagine. Amen. Whatever you are. Whatever you are. Whatever you do. Amen. God has you there for a purpose. Amen. Amen. You see... Paul was puzzled, but God was not. Paul may have been perplexed, but God was not. To Paul, God did not make sense, oh, but God made perfect sense to himself. And the same thing with you, my beloved friend. When you submit to his will and to his plan, You might not like what He's doing. You might not appreciate what He's doing. You might not agree with what He's doing. Uh, You might even want to resist what God is doing in your life. But God has a plan for you, and it is perfect in the long run. When God stops you from going to Bethania, whatever it may be to you, it is because your blessings are in Troasque. See, you think your blessings in, in Bethania No, no, no. God says, no, your blessing is in Troas. But that's not all. In Troas, God had a Macedonian vision for Paul. He did not tell him that before he got there. You see, God doesn't tell you everything before you obey the first step. When you say, yes, Lord, and you take the first step, he said, okay, now I'm going to show you the second one, then the third one, then the fourth one. He is interested in seeing you doing, taking the first step in obedience, and then the next step. And then he unfolds it, and he unfolds it. And Paul did not know what God is about to do until he got to Troas. Once he said, okay, Spirit of Jesus, you have stopped me. Now you're opening this door. I'm going to go in obedience to you. God says, okay, now I'm not going to even let you wait for several days. I'm going to let you see it right away. There in Troas was the Macedonian vision. In Troas, God has a better and greater blessing than Paul could ever imagine. In Troas, God has a greater purpose than Paul could ever imagine. So please, please, please stop kicking and screaming. <laughs> I know from first-hand experience there are many, many sands in my life where you can see my heels being dragged. <laughs> You'll see the marks of those heels as the Lord dragged me to His plan. Stop kicking and screaming long enough to discover God's plan for your life. And it's going to be one step at a time. It would take me a long time to tell you about all the events that I've referred to already. But you and I and Paul are not alone in this. If you read any of the biographies of the men and women of God, you will see how when they submitted to the will of God in their life, God changed their plans. Even though their hearts were set on something, God changed it. And by that change came the blessing that they never could have dreamed of. You're going to discover if you read as as many biographies, and I love to read the biographies of these great men and women of God. I love to read how they were perplexed in the moments in their life, in the way God is closing doors in their faces, and they couldn't understand why is God doing this. Many of them have confessed that, and I thank God for their honesty because that encourages me. It encourages you. Some of them were confused at the time and went through a confusing time. David Livingston had his heart so set on going to China, but God closed that door and sent him to Africa. He didn't want to go to Africa. William Carey, the founder of the great missionary movement that has started all missions 200 plus years ago, he had his heart set on going to Polynesia. But God said, no, you need to go to India. He couldn't understand. He was confused for a period of time. Judson was determined to go to India, but God said, no, you go to Burma. G. Campbell Morgan, the founder of the Westminster Chapel, was one of the great expositors in the early 1900s. He applied for ministry in the Methodist ministry, and he was turned down. He was so devastated. He was so discouraged. He was literally ready to walk out on the faith itself. He wrote his father one-word cable, (laughs) rejected. And in his diary, he he writes, for that day, very dark. Everything seems still. He knows best. Today, there are not too many preachers around the world who would not have one or two or more commentaries or or books by G. Campbell Morgan on their shelves. Had he gone into the Methodist ministry, we probably never heard of him. But God's plan was for him to go and found the Westminster Chapel. In order to have the impact that he had. But you may say, Well, you know, you only give me example of preachers and missionaries. Let me give you a second example. Whistler, the famous artist, he wanted so desperately to be an army general. <laughs> he really did. And he enrolled at West Point. But he didn't pass his chemistry exam. And he used to say later, he said, if silicon had been a gas. <laughs> I would have been a major general. (laughs) (laughs) Then he tried a couple of other things, and he failed miserably before he discovered that he could paint. Of course, we all know the famous painting of his mother. Someone put it this way. Let me read it to you. God leads us on by the path we do not know. Upward he leads, though our steps be slow. Though oft we faint and falter on the way, though storms and darkness obscure the day, yet when the clouds are gone, we know that He leads us on. Can you look back at the past year and say, Lord, certainly that was not what I planned for my life. That is not what I planned for myself. Lord, certainly that was not where I thought I would be. Lord, certainly that is not what I would have chosen for myself. But I refuse to be discouraged because your plan is far superior. Your plan is far better. Even though it may be perplexing at times, even though it may be confusing at times, even though it may be difficult at times. But when the clouds are lifted, you'll be able to recognize the wisdom of God's choice, the superiority of His plan, the significance of His caring for you. God is not the author of evil, but God for His children and His children alone can take those bad things, those evil things, the difficult things, and He can turn them around in His economy, and He can bring good out of it for you and for your good and for His glory. Amen. 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 But there may be someone here today who does not know the Lord Jesus Christ as his Savior and friend and Lord. Those promises are only for those who's faithful children. But today, you can come and receive him as Savior. That's your first step. You cannot appropriate all of the promises that God has for his children until you become one of his children, and today you can do that. As we pray, and if you've never committed your life to Jesus Christ, this is the time. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my life. Even though there might be difficulties in my life, I don't understand them either, but I know when you come into my life and you're being thrown into my life and become everything to me, you will guide me and you will lead me into your plan. Let that be your prayer as we go to the Lord. Father, we rejoice in you. We rejoice in Your goodness. We rejoice in Your grace. And we rejoice in Your mercy. Father, we are thankful for the blessings. But You, Lord Jesus, are our greatest blessing. Because You have given us purpose and life and direction and a future. And we know exactly where we're going when we close our eyes in death. We'll be reigning and ruling with You in heaven. Holy Spirit of God, move into every heart. Touch every life that is here. Speak to every mind and every heart. Let your voice be so clear to them. Those who need encouragement, give them a word of encouragement. Those who need rebuke, give them a word of rebuke. And Father, those who need to be challenged, I pray that you challenge them. Father, we thank you that our lives are in your hands. Our very breath is in your hands. And no matter what happens... In the coming year, we know that you're going to be in control. And for that, we give you thanks in Jesus' name.